This is Natasha Astara Hello. on Earth Mother Star Child. Hi, and I've got Kate with me today. Um, Kate Tolston, whose company is The Energy Gardener. And how are you doing, Kate? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so do you want to tell us, tell us about um, a little bit about your, the work that you do? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, as you said, my business is called The Energy Gardener, which was a, a name that just came to me in the shower when I was trying to really put some parameters around what I wanted to do in my healing work. And um, it's, it's kind of grown over the years into what it is today. And that is um, the business that it is today is really helping empaths and sensitives to um, move through what they feel blocked by in their past or um, in their mentally blocked, emotionally blocked, physical, physically blocked, so that they can actually be who they are born to be. And in my view, that the empaths and the sensitives of the world are the light workers of this world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, so this is where I think we really connect and resonate because one of my messages is that I really want empaths to thrive in their lives, you know, in their in the work, in their relationships, um, because I think that empaths have had a bit of a hard time um, because it's really hard being sensitive in quite a harsh world. Yeah. Um, so do you have um, do you kind of classify yourself as a, an empath? Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it took me so long to really start figuring this out. I remember having, uh, I think my first kind of light bulb moment around it was when I started to hear about indigo and crystal children. And I started to recognize myself in some of those descriptions. And that was quite a few years ago, uh, but I didn't really know what to do with that. It was kind of like, ah, okay. I've always felt different. Um, and that kind of gives me um, some kind of an inkling around validating that I've always felt different um but but because I was carrying so much weight in in myself I mean I have physical illness and um a lot of difficult things from my childhood that I haven't managed to move through myself um I just didn't know what to do with that information really I didn't know um what that meant I didn't have um people around me that could help me um see that my differences were a gift and for a purpose um, and so I had to kind of really find my own way to a large extent in that journey um, and it's something now we have language around in the in the recent you know recent years the word empath and and learning more about um, highly sensitive people as a label but also um, as an opportunity to heal what needs to be healed and boundary what needs to be boundary and leave behind what needs to be left behind that's all something that's really come to uh, for anybody that's not really had those supportive that supportive background of people who walked this journey before it's something that's only really come up fairly recently in the last two decades really isn't it or well, the last decade in particular yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look like you're a bit younger than me, but I'm 43. 
and I was definitely, um, you know, an indigo and I didn't realise maybe the language when I was in my late teens, um, because I was hearing a lot um, through healers and reading books on, you know, indigo children. I think Dorian Virtue, who did a lot of angel work, she also brought in the idea of indigo children and crystal children into people's consciousness. Um, but I definitely have that feeling of feeling quite isolated because there wasn't the language um, to even talk about it, really. It was like I knew I had all these feelings. I knew I was very sensitive, but somehow that was classed as wrong or bad or like the rhetoric that I went through personally was, oh, if you have any feelings, you suppress them as much as possible and put on a smile, <laughs> put on lots of makeup, put on a smile and pretend that you don't have any <laughs> and get on with it. And, yeah. and that has really been the kind of journey of my life, like really trying to understand, well, what is the gift of sensitivity? What is the value in it? You know, do we actually want a world where there's no feelings? Um, because as you probably know, those feelings, when you suppress them, they don't go away. <laughs> they they cause all sorts of, Absolutely not. of havoc, don't they? Um, so it's just so lovely to, to meet another kind of kindred spirit that, that's kind of talking the same language as me. Um, so I'm really interested in your work, Kate. So if someone kind of came to you and um, they, they booked an appointment, like what, what would they be doing with you? Okay, so it took me a while to really settle on um, the tool that worked for me. Um, so I started off uh, doing a lot of energy healing work, uh, very hands-off energy healing work. Um, and that really didn't work for me because I, you know, when I was doing my Reiki training, when I started as a Reiki practitioner, um, I was getting a set, I was, you know, and I was giving Reiki treatments, I was getting visions and um, downloads of what was lying underneath the problem that the client had. You know, I was actually getting flashes of, of things um, that had happened in their life. And you know, if you've done Reiki training, you're not supposed to say any of that. <laughs> you just, you know, you give the treatment and let them go. That just didn't vibe with me because I, I was, I was like, well, they're going to keep coming back with the same problem unless they understand. You've got to understand why you have a problem for you to kind of, you know, bring it to light and 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 move it. You know, and, I, and I uh, so I was doing a lot of research so nice. around this. Sorry, I've just got a button. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had 20 years of doing acupuncture yeah. and I would be seeing these visions or past life or this life or things coming up. And it was really hard to communicate that to people who weren't up for it, who, who didn't, who weren't able to comprehend this idea that they had a past life and it may be stuck in their energy system and causing it an issue. So it's really, I can totally relate to yeah. that. Yeah, so it was one session when I actually, um, I did tell the person what I was seeing and she had this big light bulb moment and it sorted the issue for her because she made, she joined the dots and, and I just thought, mm, this isn't enough for me. Um, so I was on my own journey of healing at the same time. I had fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue for um, more than more than a decade more into a decade and a half so I was very much on my own journey with this and that's when I actually came across the tool 
um, I was actually trying to backwards engineer <laughs> my healing journey of healing, eliminating fibromyalgia from my body. And I was trying to work out how I could put that into a group program so I could help when you've done something like that you know I was a photographer at the time that was what I was doing for a living and it was just like you know photography doesn't mean anything I've just managed to eliminate this illness from my body after all these years I can't not tell everybody <laughs> I know how to do the same because this is just works for me so it was in this process of trying to kind of engineer how I could teach this and pass it on that I came across the, the right tool for me which was the rapid transformational therapy the RCT um, which is it was basically what I was trying to reverse engineer somebody had already done it but better and managed to bring all of that in, into a single session um, and so I went and trained I went and met Marissa Peer who has brought this method to um, to the wide audience that it is today and um, after meeting her I yeah it was right and I trained in in that method and they you know it's it, they as an organization they're very keen on sharing the science behind it but it's energy healing it is very very powerful energy healing um, and and so this is what the main part of my business works around is um, RTT sessions, which are a very powerful session, um, which are, it's sort of a three hour session with me, uh, all in hypnosis, where we really get work on a single issue, get right into the very original root of it. And so you can see what the root of it is and see where this problem, what it's actually um, rooted in. And you as the client, you do all the work and it, it's all guided. It's all guided. So it's not difficult work, um, but you find your own breakthrough. You find the truth of the situation and then you flip it all around to go in the direction of where you want to go. Really powerful work. So the, the main part of my um work is RTT as a methodology. More recently, because um, I also do group programs as well, in one of my group programs, um, I started to channel. And it's something that I've been doing for a while for myself. And it started coming through for the group. And I wasn't sure at first whether to share it because I I've had to do a lot of work on my kind of my witch wound, if you like, um, to really kind of a lot of my work is battling with myself about, about how much I will allow myself to be a healer in this lifetime. And um, and so that my, my more recent work is this channel channeling has really opened up and higher self work. And bringing people so once they've found the root of a problem is really bringing themselves into their higher consciousness so they can see kind of the whole situation as a lesson in the classroom and what they can learn from that and how they can use it as a gift and a strength and take it forward so and that really is kind of like the the, the crux of how I work now in one-to-one -one form and in group form as well and Gosh, it's such a pleasure to hear 
um, because it's kind of interesting. I do meet a lot of people who who are still questioning, oh, well, can I really be out there with my my spirituality, with with my with my gift, you know, you know, the gift that I have to give as a healer to the world. Can I really be um, expressing it in that way? Is it, am I going to be judged for it or is it acceptable or it doesn't fit into a corporate is safe? <laughs> is it safe? That's another good one. Um, and it's just really mm. lovely to hear that you're stepping into that kind of consciously, um, but also with a natural flow. Cause personally, I feel like humanity is, is ready for this. Um, otherwise it wouldn't be happening. That's my viewpoint. But yeah. um, I guess some people are still quite um, un, you know, asleep around this or, or maybe nervous around stepping into something that they, they don't feel entirely comfortable with. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sure. And you know, I've, I was raised up in a very mainstream way, you know, very kind of, um, scientific and um what will the neighbors think all that kind of stuff and so i i built my life a lot of my life that way and so um as i've really done a 180 to face who i really am who i've always known who i am but i've always kind of just pushed all that to the side uh, it means a hell of a lot of changes in your your life if you've built a life in that direction and then you go well actually <laughs> I should be going that way you know it, it, it's difficult and all of that compounds on how much the speed at which you allow yourself to move in that direction and it's I think it's a challenge for for all healers um, in all their forms you know obviously because that's a, a word that covers a whole spectrum of yeah. of um people in the mainstream and in the esoteric world and everything in between um, but yeah it's, it's so valuable not only for me I mean it's been my healing journey allowing myself to do that 180 and actually step into who I am and what my gifts are um, but actually being honest about that in, in how I now speak on my website because I started off very kind of the science behind this and, and all this kind of stuff because that's what I knew and that's where I felt safe and in the end I just thought no 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 this is this isn't gonna work I've got to just be more me and speak more about the energy um and and actually it's interesting how that's people have responded to that yeah a lot of my clients are very mainstream people um and in actual fact since I've dropped all the the kind of the boxes let's find boxes to fit all of this into since I've just dropped all of that um it's been a very it's been very uh, unexpected the kind of clients that I've got you know people that work in the NHS are most regularly my clients in the last year and you wouldn't expect that I wouldn't have expected that before but I think more people than um, we realize know that there's something different going on in our bodies, in our minds, in our whole being. Uh, and as we get braver to speak to that, people can hear that and resonate with it too. Yeah, do you know, and like hearing you, that would definitely be, you'd be the sort of practitioner that I would go to because I would think, oh, well, this person has an awareness 
that um, of the mind body spirit connection, you know, um, that we have illnesses that develop physically within our bodies, but they come from, um, you know, usually from other programming that we've collected through our different incarnations and um, through our DNA from our ancestral heritage and 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 our mind patterns and emotions that we you know trauma really that we haven't been able to work through um and actually I didn't know that you trained with Marissa Peer but I really like her work and it's interesting because I usually go for practitioners when I like the sound of their voice um I have a very keen sense of sound of someone's uh, presence within their voice and I think Marissa I think she is like a star seed and I think she has this ability to really bring um, like new new light codes to earth to help people to release trauma. So I think she's just really great, actually. Um, yeah, she's got something about it, you know, sitting in a room full of people while she's speaking and, you know, <laughs> people are just crying and um, she shifts energy when she speaks. There's definitely something about her for sure. Yeah, and that was my experience, just watching a YouTube with her, and I thought I can really hear the resonance on her voice. Um, and interestingly, when you're talking, I can hear the resonance on your voice of, of, of quite a different star system, but it, it brings with it this kind of healing crystalline energy that helps people to become whole, um, which is beautiful. So this is a question I didn't ask you at the beginning, but have you always known that you have like a, a sort of energy gift or I mean, how would you cast yourself as a an intuitive healer, a psychic, a clairvoyant, how would you, where would you put yourself in these words? Goodness, um, I struggle with names and labels. I'm so glad that the name Energy Gardener came to me in the shower because it would have been something that I probably procrastinated over for a decade otherwise. <laughs> um, I don't know really. Um, I work with a lot of angelic energy and um, I have lots of remembrances from here but also from not from here um, had when I was a child I had lots of magical experiences and I never told anybody in fact you're probably <laughs> one of the only people that obviously not now because we're on a podcast but <laughs> But here we go. Yeah, I had lots of magical experiences as a child. And I knew innately that others around me were not having anything remotely close to this experience of life. So I, I didn't tell anybody. Um, and it was, it, it, it didn't feel confusing to me other than I remember th things like um, standing, staring at a photo of my parents and just was convinced, you know, I don't understand how I've come through these people and just being very small and thinking I must be adopted but I look like them so that's that's really confusing um there was a very weird thing when I was a child who I've never told this to anybody where I was convinced I could fly and um I just felt really confused as to why people would like used cars and walked when you could just fly there <laughs> it was just really confusing really confusing I very nearly jumped down the stairs when I was gosh how would I would have been really small probably five six because I just thought I'm just going to prove it that we can do this I was just so convinced that we could fly <laughs> yeah well, 
you know that my my daughter daughter is now 10 went through the same thing and I knew she was calling forward like this kind of past life and she would jump off so many things and she just couldn't work out how she couldn't fly and this was like pre-verbal but I could see it happening in front of me and thinking wow this is really unusual (laughs) um my second daughter didn't do this but I I know it's a thing you know they yeah yeah I just I found the world really confusing. It was, um, it, I, I mean, even like in in regressions that I've done, I've come back to being really small, very very small baby, and I had a sense of what was going on and that I was different, and also that the world wasn't necessarily going to get me. Uh, and, and that, I think that was the hardest thing really growing up because I knew I was different and I, you know, I, I, and I, I struggled to find people that were like me very much so. Um, you know, even just kind of like the childhood games I would play would be picking um, flowers and herbs and <clears throat> making lotions and potions out of them. That's what I remember doing as a kid. Um, and just like really drawn to essential oils and very, very sensory um, and bringing animals in the house constantly and animals with my friends and that kind of stuff, uh, which probably drove everybody mad. Um, I always remember seeing ghosts uh, playing with them as if they were just normal people, which is something that I switched off when I was about 13, 14 after a scary um, incident with two ghosts, which frightened me. And I, I literally just switched it off like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, I, I remember I, I was much older when I started to find those kindred spirits and they were who we called back then. I don't, I don't hear anybody using this term anymore, white witches. So, um, yeah, I don't hear that word, those, that I've, phrase anymore. But I've heard it in the past, me. but not for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and these people, anything, that women. Yeah, there's yeah. been like this resurgence of reclaiming the word witch as the wise woman. Um, and so I think people are less keen on this black-white thing. Um, and once you really get into goddess yeah, yeah. worship, which is what kind of witches are about, on most witches anyway, um, you actually begin to see goddess em- embraces both light and dark. That's what yeah. makes it very different from Christianity yes, about embracing the wholeness um, rather than separating yeah. it and making one good, one bad. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in actual fact, when I started on uh, a goddess journey, it was the, the shadow um, goddesses that I met first on that journey as well, so for sure it's part of the 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 healing journey isn't it that's where you go first absolutely um so i always felt like i was sorry because um so i've always felt quite guided and you know i've had a few times where i've prayed hard for things and you know assistance has arrived in quite an extraordinary way so i always felt very connected um but at the same time, I was pretty much trapped in in that wounded self that kept all of that at bay uh, from my teenage years, really. Um, 
and it was my teenage years when I started to become well so I kind of got locked into that <clears throat> that journey um, of awakening which started with illness really um, but you know I started reading the tarot at 18 but again I only read for myself friends would ask I wouldn't I'd say no no I I'm not a tarot reader even though I was a tarot reader because I've been doing it for a long time for myself and I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't know if I didn't trust myself but <clears throat> it, it was something that I kept for me for a long time and uh, although I, I definitely had a cellular memory of so much more um, it was it I, I was I felt in a lot of ways that I was a bit of a blocked healer <clears throat> even just kind of you know I wanted to go and study psychology at university and, and I wasn't allowed to do that I was told not to um and that would have been a way I'm glad now that I didn't f f study straight psychology I ended up doing criminology so I managed to get in there in a way that I um <laughs> I managed to get in there my way um and and I don't I'm glad I didn't go down that path because actually there's so much more than just working with the mind it's really important to work with the mind but it's if you allow yourself to box yourself in that the mind is an organ that works in a very patterned way yes it does but you're missing so much more aren't you if, if you allow so I'm really glad that didn't happen actually um but yeah it's it, it was definitely something that started to unfold and as I allowed more then things just start when I got to the point where I actually surrendered and started allowing then it all just like literally piled in it was just like right <laughs> there you go it's all been waiting um so it was a really fast journey in the end when I, when I started allowing it yeah that sounds amazing and it sounds like a really authentic journey of healing and coming into your own power in a way um through your sensitivity I think that's beautiful um so um, so for our listeners, I want to ask you, what are your main tools and go-tos for looking after your sensitivity and energy? Okay, um, yeah, again, this is something that I've developed over the last few years, particularly, um, and a lot of it came through my physical healing journey. Um, the biggest one <clears throat> has been learning to disconnect from the matrix. <laughs> and I'm sure you know what I mean by that is just to kind of I've always kind of known that you know the news was rubbish and I, I always remember uh, saying when I was really young what, what about the good news why are they just sharing all the bad stuff I don't understand there can't just be bad stuff out there and and just saying things like that because uh, I'd always kind of looked at him and even though apparently I was obsessed with one particular news reader when I was younger. Um, but yeah, disconnecting from that kind of um, fake reality that we're all encouraged to go along with um, has been, that is the most important thing for me. Um, in, in that reminding myself that my reality is what I choose it to be and curating that really strongly and I remember when the pandemic started, one thing that just kind of dropped in and anchored me was the fact that there are going to be tribes in the middle of the Amazon. 
that have got no idea that there's a pandemic going on in the world and they're just getting on with life as, as usual because that's their reality and that's and that's and that's right for them and actually that we can all do that to some extent and not to kind of latch on to every the world's going jumping from crisis to crisis at the moment because it's healing it's going through its shadow journey itself isn't it um, and we're not designed, uh, our limbic system, our energy system is not designed to process everything that's happening in the world. We're supposed to be dealing with what's in our, in our community, in our tribe. Um, that's how we our bodies are designed, not to process the whole lot. So I really, I, sometimes I've been pulled into things and I, and I pull myself back straight away and stay within me my clients my family my community that's my that's my remit and, and that's where i need to stay and that's been really important um along with my healing journey my my circles got really tight and i found new friends new people um who were more like me um because a lot of the old people think i've lost the plot a bit um that's okay they might find the plot at some point um so my circle got really tight and i'm and i'm happy with that because my circle was a bit too wide i was sharing my energy you know with anybody who wanted to come and feast on it really um i had lots of narcissists um around um which is very common for empaths until you learn to stop that <laughs> um walking with my dog is my best daily medicine so after a session with a client um we go walking through the fields through the trees listen to the birds um every weekend walking up in the peak district is my favorite but alongside a river somewhere uh, somewhere quiet that's just soul medicine for me um again part of my healing journey was really being conscious about what i put in my body and um so it was really clean input so trying to go organic where i can um cutting out all toxins from being on my body in my body um and clearing that, I've got an infrared sauna, which was a huge part of my healing journey of just detoxing all the stuff that we're absorbing from everywhere. Um, music's really important to me, channeling and listening to channels that I trust um, really helps me stay balanced and centered. And more than anything as well is, is just, the fact that I've learned to trust myself first and to really trust that inner voice. Um, and, and that's a two-way thing for me. It's not only trusting that inner voice, but it's the exchange for that part of me is that I have to be authentic and live my truth and like live, do, do me, if you know what I mean. Um, and I get I'm getting braver at doing that. There are parts of me that I'm still not really allowing out there into my work or not even into my work into just into my being, but I'm getting there. 
I think it's all a journey of unfolding, isn't it? Like the petals unfolding on a flower. So, Kate, it's been so wonderful listening to you. Um, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners to take away with them today? I think more than anything, it's about learning to um, trust that inner voice that you have and learning to listen to it, learning to distinguish that inner voice, uh, which is always loving and supportive from the inner critic. And the inner critic is actually the programmed voice that's coming from somewhere else. Um, and that inner voice that is guiding you is, is always loving, always um, supportive, and always wanting to guide you to your highest good, to your highest self. And, and it's there for all of us. And we, I think if we can all learn to listen to that, to trust it, then that's when everything opens up because once that part of you knows that it's being heard, you'll start to become really guided. And that's when, you know, your, your outer world, as you know, it's all a reflection of your inner world. Once you start to really trust yourself, and to listen to yourself and take action upon what that part of you that knows you deeply um, and is your highest aspect, what it, what it wants for you, things can just change so quickly and so dramatically for your life. Um, and there's no need to fear any of that because it's all for you. It's all ultimately um, I think a lot of people fear change. They fear quick change. They fear drastic change because so many of us associate that with loss. And, um, and so we have fear around that. But when you're connecting to this part of you, that is your inner compass and you're following it. There is no loss, there's only gain. So that's my biggest, if, you, if there's one takeaway that I could give people. It was, um, it's really that. And that's such beautiful words. Um, you know, I wish I'd heard those sort of words when I was like eight or 12 or 16 or 24. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that someone had said those things to me um, because it, you know, I've been on a similar healing journey and um, it's just wonderful to have um, the, you know, an older person an, an adult with insight that can pass that knowledge down and who's actually done that for themselves. So um, if our listeners are totally inspired, like I am listening to you, uh, where can they find you, Kate? Okay, so my website is energygardener.org. Um, and if you're on socials, I tend to be on Insta more than anywhere. Um, I don't really put a lot of energy into the other platforms. So if you're on Insta, give me a follow on there as the Energy Gardener. And sometimes on Clubhouse as well. Um, but um, yeah, and I, I've actually created um, a special channel for the listeners of this group, which will be, um, can you share a link under the podcast or am I best to say it now? What's the easiest thing? Why don't you say it now? And if I can yeah. share it, then I will <laughs> as well. Yeah. Okay, so energygardener.org forward slash activate. 
Okay, remember that forward, forward slash activate. That sounds brilliant. Thank you, Kate. And it's been just a pleasure to have you on here. And I hope we can do a few more of these in the future. Yeah, lovely. Thank Thanks you. for having me. It's been really nice having a chat and uh, talking about these things that we need to really start opening up to more in, in our lives, don't we? Absolutely. It's like a synthesis of like minds. And, and that's the kind of energy that I want to create and live in. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.